Have you ever wondered if you married the wrong person? Have you ever fantasized about your life being different with someone else? Have you ever felt like walking out of your marriage? Hello, I'm Dr. Adele Gascoigne, a prophetess of God, social scientist, theologian, conflict resolution expert and a Proverbs 31 woman. In today's episode, I want to talk about some of the greatest threats to marriage, especially things that happen when we face challenges in our marriages. Things like the desire to quit, signs that something isn't quite right and we're perhaps struggling to cope. Conflict and cycles are a natural part of life. It is how we deal with them that makes all the difference between a happy, lasting marriage relationship and misery or even divorce. Two facts are important to remember. Scientifically speaking, brain chemistry changes from the experience of falling in love to when we've been in a relationship for a few years. When we fall in love, our brain experiences more activity in the pleasure center of the brain. After a few years, however, love is registering in different parts of the brain, those that deal with attraction and bonding. The effect on our mind and body is profound as each state releases brain chemicals and hormones that affect our reasoning and emotions. Social scientifically, couples also go through the stages of group dynamics, forming, storming, norming and performing. Forming is when we experience the excitement of a new union or potential new union and we are most prone to look at each other favorably. Storming is when we begin to have disagreements over a range of things, values, goals, methodology, even division of labor for household chores, spending and a thousand other things. Norming is when we agree on how we will do things so we live together in peace and harmony. Performing is things hopefully running like clockwork in a specific area where we reached agreement. Couples continuously go through these cycles in different life stages or as circumstances change. Before I sat down to write this episode, I asked a few friends and colleagues to tell me what they think the most serious challenges are to marriage. Now please note I asked a few people ranging from housewives to clergy to academics. Their answers ranged from financial challenges, unfaithfulness, trust and friendship and the ease of divorce. Some people see rough patches as temporary life events that impact our marriages, usually negatively, like loss of income ill health and other events that sorely challenge our ability to adapt or deal with the challenge in some way. Other writers define rough patches as times of disconnection by one or both partners that if left unresolved will lead to resentment and ultimately relationship failure, even divorce. Let us look briefly at common behaviors when we hit those rough patches in marriage. Generally, there are three categories of negative response that come into play here, namely aggressive behavior, defensive behavior, and avoidance behavior. Each of them will have supporting values, thoughts, attitudes, perceptions, and emotions. 
Aggressive behavior is most often linked to anger and will manifest as criticism or harsh words, superiority, pride, sarcasm, and even sometimes violent outbursts or threats. Passive aggressiveness is non-verbal aggression through negative behavior. In my personal experience, I would say that passive aggressiveness is more about spite, manipulation and control than about the fear of expressing oneself, as some scholars suggest. Defensive behaviors are most often linked to fear, whether fear of rejection, fear of retaliation or abuse, or even fear of humiliation. Defensive behaviors include justifying one's actions by making excuses or offering an explanation deemed plausible. Some scholars say that defensive behavior is seeing only one way of doing things and not seeing the other person's perspective and needs. Defensive behavior in such a case tells your partner you're right and they're wrong. From experience, I can also tell you that people get defensive when they are afraid of further abuse and violence. And so they will get defensive to justify their words and deeds to a potential aggressor. For victims of childhood abuse, defensive behavior can become a set pattern throughout life, causing unnecessary stress in relationships. Avoidance behaviors are often linked to contempt and sadness when aggressive and defensive behaviors fail to get the desired results. Avoidance will include not spending time together, sleeping in different rooms or at different times, sleeping with your back to your partner as a sign of shutting them out, spending more time on social media or games than with your partner, or avoiding your spouse under the pretext of working, and of course a lack of sexual intimacy and emotional intimacy. Communication breakdown is the very definition of a rough patch. It can vary from talking more to other people than your spouse, which an acquaintance of mine calls solical adultery. When talking partners just don't see eye to eye, or when every verbal engagement is characterized by irritation or offense. Eventually, people will become resentful and engage in avoidance behavior. I want to look particularly at the dangers of escapism, which is a type of avoidance behavior. Escapism is a mental diversion, literally to take one's mind off the reality of one's life. It can take on various forms, like gaming, addictions to alcohol, food or other substances, even addiction to social media, usually at the exclusion of one's partner. Workaholism, that's the compulsion to work long hours, which is more than a drive for success, is sometimes often a search for meaning and contentment that is lacking in one's marriage relationships. Then there's fantasies. One can get engrossed in entertainment and movies and books, or daydreaming about your ideal partner. Escapism is often associated with sadness and depression, but is also a clear sign of being unable to cope with the reality of one's life. But here's the thing. Escapism is a false coping mechanism that is likely to only make worse what isn't working in one's life. I want to share with you a testimony that I'm titling, Who is your fantasy? 
At one particularly rough patch in our marriage, I lived in constant fear of David's next violent outburst, which became more frequent and worse over time. I went through all the usual motions of standing up for the woman of the house, trying to make David see our side of the story. Getting defensive didn't help and made him even angrier over time. I also threw myself into my work with Gusto, telling him to leave me alone when I'm working. I worked long hours while David was sleeping and slept while he was up. Living on a farm in a country where farm murders are on the increase can justify this, but it also reduces the level of intimacy in marriage gotten just by sleeping side by side. Eventually, I became angry at the poor way David was treating me and resentful of living in fear in my own home. I most definitely faced the hard questions. Is this misery what I signed up for? Did I make a mistake marrying David? Is there still love between us? What is love? Because surely if there were real love between us, we would treat one another better, right? And if we don't love each other and can't be civil and live in peace, shouldn't we rather get a divorce? These questions bring on an existential and spiritual crisis that if not resolved can lead even to one turning away from God. Each of us began engaging in escapism behaviors, gaming and virtual relationships like Facebook friends and WhatsApp chats took up more time than we had for one another. Substance abuse and daydreaming also took its toll. I even began fantasizing what my life would be like without David. Except, I didn't trust any man to treat me better. I realized with shock my fantasies took a negative turn eventually because after a lifetime of abuse from childhood into marriage, I've seen and been the victim of abuse so often that I began believing, began believing that men hurt women and children. I just believe that that's what they do and I couldn't expect better of them. I uncovered this stinking thinking around age 46. One day, I was fantasizing again about my ideal man when God spoke to me. He asked me, why can your husband David not be your fantasy? I was shocked. Um, David, that man, my fantasy? Why couldn't he be the hero of my dreams? My thoughts started kicking in. I decided to cast my husband in the role of my dream guy and fantasy lover. From that very moment, my attitude towards my husband and my marriage changed. As I set aside anger, resentment, fear and frustration, I became kinder, less critical, more loving and considerate, and forgiving to my husband. Within days, David's behavior also changed. It took a long time for me to realize that David had been frustrated too and feeling unheard and I sat him down to coax out of him what was troubling him, even preempting concerns and offering solutions and suggestions of what we can do to deal with life's hassles together, the illness, disability and financial lack we face every day. Let us look at ways to reconnect with our spouses. Scripture says love covers a multitude of sins. We need to make forgiveness a habit and remember that forgiveness is not said it is shown. 
We need to do second chances many times over, remembering the sacrifice of Christ is greater than what is asked of us. We need to weed out the stinking thinking that destroys our relationships. Besides our relationship with God, our relationship with our spouse is our most important relationship. We need to set aside time for reflection, to see what is the issue that we're not happy with, then praying about it, and then bringing the issue before our spouse. What is your issue, or your need, or the reason for the disconnect between you and your spouse? Then sit down with him or her and communicate. Use I messages to tell them how you feel and why. Then ask their input and listen. Don't get angry and don't get defensive. Simply listen and see if you can discern the real issue for them. Once you have clarity, you can take the appropriate remedial action. Now, rough patches also have a negative impact on intimacy. That's confiding in your mate and having emo an emotional connection and also on sexual intimacy and usually not having sex when there is a problem in the relationship. One way to jumpstart the connection is doing something new or even dangerous together. That newness or danger activates the pleasure centers of the brain and renews those feelings of being in love. Another is to gradually increase physical touch like hugs and massage as well as words of affirmation. Ideally, connect with your partner in demonstrating love in their love language or across all five categories. Make a list of things that you appreciate about your spouse and focus on that instead of on negative thoughts. Tell them in person or write them love notes once or twice a day even on social media to say what you like and appreciate about them. When you focus on love, love covers a multitude of sins. Your spouse may even surprise you by changing some of those negative things just to please you. want to share another testimony with you. This one is called Staying Connected Amid Hardship. David and I have been going through rough times financially as long as we've known each other, so it's not really new to us. Both of us have lost income and homes in recent years and have to rebuild our lives. Even so, there are times when finances tend to press even harder than at other times. I've noticed David tends to get depressed when we have to pull in our belts as he liked dates nights and having takeaways like pizza every few weeks. Who doesn't, right? Earlier in our marriage, these times of financial distress made David so fearful that he wanted to run away from home. And he did a few times taking our last money too. Each time he got mugged and decided to come back home as the streets are not safe for him. People can see he has a brain injury and make an easy target of him and people who promise him help on Facebook don't come through with better accommodation or a job. Needless to say, the extra worry and losses didn't help my stress levels either. Yet, David and I decided amid all this hardship that love means we'll take care of one another no matter what. We decided love is an enduring covenant, not a casual social transaction we can walk out on a womb. 
We decided we're in this marriage and we'll stay in it, not because we need one another, but because we love one another and want to. We decided that marriage is a gift from God. We are each other's gift to journey through this life with our eyes set on eternity. Personally, I make a point of confessing to David when I messed up and ask his forgiveness. And I make a point of sitting with him often to talk about his hopes, dreams, fears and aspirations for himself and for us as a couple. And of course I share my own. We even started a vision board for our marriage so we stay on the same page with our immediate and long-term goals. There are still times we disagree or get angry with one another. Yet, we don't allow it to fester. David is not one to do the talking first, so I usually have to see if he gets quiet or there's a problem and I sit him down and share what's on my mind and asking him to share what's on his mind. It is important to do things as a couple as well, including sex, but also to pray for one another. This year, we've taken a virtual roller coaster ride together at the mall. Even though I hate roller coasters, we ended up laughing like kids doing it. We've also taken up ballroom dancing for fun, as I like dancing and David is now learning for the first time. Paying for classes when we had a bit of extra cash. I can't wait to get to a social event to show our friends and family our moves. I'm so proud of David. Expressing love in a meaningful way is important. David took up ballroom dancing just to please me because he knows how much I love it. David likes food gifts and his favorite is pizza, hungry lion or hamburgers and words of affirmation. Mine is quality time and physical touch. I love it when Dave comes to sit with me after I've just woken up. He asks me how I am and we have tea together. He rubs an arm or a leg or holds my hand and he knows how much I love that. David is my dream husband. He's not wealthy in monetary terms. He can't buy me a diamond ring or take me on holiday. He gives me something few men give their women. He encourages me to use my gifts, do the things that give meaning to my life and stand by me through all the ups and downs. I truly, deeply love and appreciate my husband and I thank God for him daily. The greatest threat to your marriage isn't someone coveting your spouse even if they bat their eyelids or strut their stuff. The greatest danger is disconnecting from your spouse emotionally by allowing anger, resentment and contempt to take root and then delaying trying to reconnect. You will face challenges, but when you do, remember that marriage is a covenant. It is normal to have those rough patches where communication becomes challenging or breaks down. Do not be tempted to then connect with other people more than your spouse. Admit where you are at in your relationship and make an effort to reconnect with your partner, starting by treating them as your fantasy, even if your reality is far different. If you are a wife, do not fear to take the lead to reconnect with your husband. You are your spouse's keeper and you need to lovingly call them back to a place of love and forgiveness by demonstrating it. Remember, love and forgiveness aren't just said, it is shown. What would you say 
is the greatest challenge to your marriage today? How will you deal with it to prevent misery and failure? Feel free to share your ideas with us via the feedback function or on social media. David and I would love to hear your comments on this episode and your testimonies if this teaching has helped you. So please feel free to get in touch with us via the Facebook page of the International Christian Ministry Council. You can also subscribe to this podcast for more teaching on the Proverbs 31 marriage and family. We're currently setting up a library for our international students on Patreon, specifically for people in ministry. All our books are available on Amazon. Look out for Prophetic Ministry Basics, the Spiritual Warfare Omnibus, and the Proverbs 31 Man Workbook that are available in paperback. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine His face upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift His countenance to you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.